um, music can just take something that's so so hard to explain in words and when you put it with a melody suddenly it just comes to life and you know I think they say like uh was it music is what feelings sound like <laughs> This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Okay, so today is bonus episode 10. I'm going to be interviewing Kelsey Sharp from episode 6 about her new EP, WWLD. So, without further ado, let's get to the interview. Kelsey, welcome back to the show. Hey, it's good to be back. (laughs) Excellent. Well, today we're going to be talking about your brand spanking new EP, which is WWLD or What Would Love Do? This album was initially intended to be an acoustic album. It was going to be piano, voice, and maybe a little bit of guitar from time to time, or maybe a guitar voice solo. That's what it is supposed to be, that. And then... Um, my buddy Matt was gonna be the engineer and through you know life happened and then Matt had to move and we ended up kind of parting ways and then of course Eric stepped in and he he's like let's do it and then um, we were trying to work with the recordings we already had and it was just not working out because of like the way we went about recording it the first time and so Eric was just like you know let's just start from scratch because all you got right now are some vocals and piano Let's start from scratch and let's do it outright. Like, go big or go home. And so I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you serious? Because, like, this is going to be a lot of work. And because we had, it's like a six peaks band on top of backup vocals and layer vocals and then multiple horn layers. And, you know, we only had two horn players, but we, we doubled it to make it sound like a full band. So, like I said, this album was the first time hearing my music fully realized as like a band. And I'm just like blown away, like I said, at the musicianship and the, like the composition how in the midst of this were you able to to coordinate this to get it together and and make this happen during the pandemic i'd say in terms of the recording and all of the layers that needed to be done about like 80 or 90 percent was done before the pandemic hit and then i was still trying to find a guitarist think because i have a lot of musician friends you know, I was trying to think because during the pandemic, it's like so much is going on. And I think it was like May or April was officially when I found and, you know, started collaborating and talking with Mark White and asking him because he was, we used to play in Tell Mama together. I always really liked his style, his playing, and I felt like it really his natural style of playing really fit the vibe of the album and we've already played together before the band that we were in tell mama was like all about soul funk and like a lot of blues and jazz so it kind of made sense 
and it just felt really natural. And it took some time, but we always kind of stay in contact, and I would reach out every so often. And then my engineer, of course, he was a huge driver behind getting this finished, but he would always find time to work on mixing stuff because he's been working on it with me for, oh gosh, I feel like it's been almost two years. And some of these songs have been written for a long time. I think the oldest one, On Your Mind, that was written when I was in Jambana. And it was kind of uh, improv, and I ended up leaving the band, but I really liked that song, and so I, I kept the main chord progression, which was just the two chords, and then I added my own chorus, and then I added my own lyrics, and so kind of made it my own thing. And then uh, Shine, I wrote four or five years ago um, let's see the other one what could i think that's probably my oldest one what could love do me my was written i wrote that in the tiny house i during a panic attack <laughs> it's not normally the time you write a song but i was just like thinking of what i needed to hear in that moment and it was you won't you're not alone you'll never be alone and then it kind of turned to this phrasing the saying i won't be lonely i won't be lonely and then it kind of completed itself because i got me myself and i <laughs> and then that kind of spiraled into its own thing so yeah what could love do i don't i don't remember when i wrote that i feel like it's been more than six or seven years i've had older songs and it's just like i never had um you know the connections and the time and like the focus on self because I was always giving other people like giving my time out to other people I think when I met Eric is when he was just like so where the heck is this album <laughs> and he I mean he's not the first one who just say that to me he was the one who was just like let's do this album and I, and he was he's like I want to do it I was like are you sure he's like yeah of course <laughs> if 80 or 90 percent of this was recorded before and then the the guitar part was layered on top of that what I find so fascinating is that Mark did such a good job of making making it sound like you're both responding to each other. You know, I was going to jump into some of the songs, but I was like, what could love do for you? Like the entire beginning, it does like, it sounds like you're creating this duet between the two of you. It even starts with a little bit of tension because, you know, he's, he's swinging up to, into the note that you're also hitting and then you kind of play your part and he plays his part and then you go back and forth up until you get into that intro with the with that really nice well with that really driving i don't know how to call it but it's kind of that uh shuffle the digga 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 dig. when i heard that I, my brain about exploded because i'm just like what are you doing it blew my mind he's an incredible musician and i gotta say about pretty much every single one of the musicians in this group like i wish this were a band because the caliber of talent and like i don't say this lightly seriously every single one of these musicians are so talented and they just brought their own flavor to the table and like i you know i gave him a little bit of direction but like all of the composition for the guitar that was all mark mark composed his parts i mean i wrote these songs but like most of the individuals composed their own parts because i was like i'm not a drummer here's what i generally want and like quinton took it and made it 10 times better and i was like dude you just like amplified my you just like took it the raised the bar to like here you know and i was so so thankful because i never expected that 
the drums we did early on thankfully we did piano first to kind of lay the foundation and then drums were next and i feel like again quinton really raised the bar and just because the drums are the foundation they it's the most important part it sets the vibe it, it brings so much color and character to the music and like even with that uh that snare shuffle that i feel like what's kind of remarkable and does seem like that driving kind of sound i mean he doesn't play that through the entire song I think that would probably get to be too much, but you get that driving and you're all excited for it and then it disappears and you're like, oh, where did it go? And then you kind of hear it in some of the different instruments, like you're doing something with your piano that has that kind of rhythm kind of still driving in there. And so it gets kind of passed around between everybody. And then when you get towards the end, there's that rhythm again and you're like, yes, it's back. Um, But I, I thought that that was, that was really like this really neat play I don't know. It, 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 it was very tasteful. And I mean, in my eyes, it was a happy accident. But again, Quinton, he's just very intuitive player. And he picked up on what I was going for. And again, just like shaped it into something incredible. Because there was no way I could have told him to do that. Because I wouldn't even know the first way how to interpret and communicate that in music terms. Didn't even know that existed till I heard him play it. I was like, what? What is he doing? Like, that's why it blew my mind. And it just, like, raised the bar. Because I was like, I didn't even know, like, a drum could do that. And, like, it could bring this flavor to the, the ending result of what the, the song sounds like. I produced this once um, before in Parkland when I was taking a recording class. And I produced it myself, and it was, like, the first time, you know, my first very small, like, class-producing project where it was, like, several layers. And at the time, it was, like, the coolest thing I'd ever done because, again, I had never heard my song as a band. We revised it, and Quinton put, and all the other musicians put their own flavor and style into it, and I was just like, this is a whole new song. Like, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's up anymore because I, I released this new one because now I'm just like, oh, I'm embarrassed by this other one. <laughs> like, so, like, moving on to the the next one, On Your Mind, did you always envision this, like, the bass line, kind of the gritty bass kind of coming in to begin with? Or was that was that something that you that got added after, in a way? When I hear this song, you know, because sometimes I feel like, songs write themselves and i'm just kind of like uncovering what's already there you could take it a million ways it's not like when the song comes out it's perfect but sometimes i'm just like oh yeah this is what this this is what it is and so when i hear this song i envision one layer being built and it's like you know spotlight standing on a base and he's just the boom boom the boom boom like it's very sexy and kind of old school jazz and then you have that guitar bend, you know, it's, I, I, I love the old school and I grew up listening to a lot of like Motown and Etta James and Frank Sinatra and, and I, I have Nina Simone and like Alicia Keys on my wall right now. <laughs> so I feel like there's a lot of inspiration from that like era, like the 30s, 40s, 50s. And like I grew up, like I said, my, my dad always listened to oldies. Uh, he loved Elvis and um hank williams patsy klein so i have my i don't know my tastes go a lot over uh, all over the place but i don't know if you would see it this way but i feel like this one if this song were an organ you would have all the stops out 
I joke that this is my uh, Pink Floyd, slight, slight Pink Floyd tribute. Because there's only one chorus. It's, it's a weird song. It's like verse, pre-chorus, musical interlude. Second verse, pre-chorus. And I think it just goes to the chorus, which lasts like 32 bars. And then there's a tiny snippet of the f- one line of the first verse, and then it's over. And I think, I feel like when I first wrote it, I'm like, this song isn't long enough. There's, it's, there's only two verses. There's, a, there's only one chorus. What's wrong with this song? But I'm like, no, it's actually, it's actually how it's supposed to be <laughs> in my head. There's some great stuff that happens. Like, you're not just on the piano. You've got, I'm assuming that's you playing the, like, the electric piano, the Wurlitzer kind of sound. Kind of that nice, gritty, like, funky kind of sound to it. This is the song that I really... Like the horns, you got some Schwarzandos going on with the horns. There's a part even at the end where you're singing your oohs and your ahs. You're singing and and honestly, there's a part where I'm like, is that is that just a guitar kind of twinkling in the background? And then I realized it was you doing some notes in there. But then also at the same time, I think the guitar is also, I mean, it's so funny is that the tone between the two of you and the tessitura and that kind of thing all sound like matchup. Is it a guitar? Is it a voice? You know, and and there's just this great play because it's like such a big song with everything. And then all of a sudden it's just like, it just kind of not fades, but it just kind of like, ah. So it gets really crazy big during the chorus. Oh, one thing, because you were talking about blending. One of my favorite parts is leading into the one chorus. Because uh, I'll be on your mind. And I hold that top note really loud and long. And then the saxophone does a little, like, grisly, sn- you know, snarl, like, like, cracking the bell. Like, it fades into, because the sax sounds a lot like the voice, right? It's very similar um, pitch range. And so my voice just effortlessly, like, blends into that because then he um, fades out my voice and then the sax continues. So it's just like... It's seamless and it sounds, oh, I thought it was so cool. So, um, and then it gets all crazy and then it all like falls into itself and then it's back to the little bass line. And I, lo- I love it. Like, I, sometimes less is more. I've, I came from doing many years of like classically trained and all this like technique, technical stuff. And I'm just like, I just want to like strip down to the basics and like go back to my roots in a little bit, you know? <laughs> So the third song, Shine, was the one that I was the most familiar with. Well, and I want to say that, like, having heard it before in its previous version, but I I think it was really interesting that the choice, like, to to just kind of, it starts in with that one, two, three, four, and, like, it's almost, it's kind of like a, um, oh, if I say it, it feels like you're having a hemiola moment with, with the actual guitars uh not guitars but like the chords that you come in over the top of this one two three four it's like this this uh dividing and syncopation that kind of happens that didn't happen or you didn't notice it as much when when it was the original your original version that that people may have heard before um was that kind of a decision like was that once again like something that quentin did or something that you just it just happened i think it, it it's a little bit of both quentin just did it and it kind of just happened and i mean he may have thought more about it in the moment than i was realizing what was happening but shine is like it's straightforward but like you said there's that hemiola 
um, like the triple three against two or something. And, and so it, I don't know. Yeah. I think Quinton, Quinton is just like felt a, like a natural thing to go a little more straightforward with the beat because the other three were so heavily swung, which was great. They're swung in different styles. You know, I, I didn't feel like it was too similar across the board. Let's talk about me, myself, and I. You you said that this one was was written during an anxiety attack. Did you say I was in the tiny house and which <laughs> is very small and not the greatest place to have a panic attack. But also, you know, I tried very hard to create a safe haven, a safe space. And so, even though I was having a panic attack, I was just trying to calm myself and I'm I think I approach not just emotions but dealing with them a little bit differently as a musician because music has been so deep in my blood from a very very young age that it's just kind of almost like intuitively how I process and so I know most people when they're having a panic attack they probably wouldn't start singing <laughs> But it's a self-soothing coping mechanism for me. Mm. And it you know, can be really, really hard to step outside of what I'm going through and kind of step in, into the aspect of caretaker and being like, what does Kelsey need right now? Kind of like looking myself from the outside in and being your biggest advocate and saying, okay, I need to take a hot bath or I need to lay down and take a nap or I need to cry for two hours and exhaust myself so I can go to sleep you know and I've I've done all of those things sometimes and in that moment I was just like I'm, I'm just feeling really lonely it's that simultaneously feeling alone but you don't want to like talk to anybody at the same time and you don't know who to reach out because you don't want to talk to anybody but you're feeling alone but you don't want to talk to anybody so <clears throat> I was just trying to learn how to be, be my own best friend and how to be okay with being alone because you can be in a room full of people and still feel lonely, right? And I knew that calling somebody wouldn't have helped me in that moment. I needed to learn how to be okay with being alone by myself. And so I just started really quietly like singing about like, ah, I won't be lonely, I won't be lonely. And then... Again, the song just kind of wrote itself. I'm like, I won't be lonely. I won't be lonely. And I'm like, just like rocking myself and like singing this. And um, and then again, more words just started coming. I got me, myself, and I. And it was just so natural. And it felt very simple. It's a very simple message, but it's very overlooked because we are always looking for comfort and love and satisfaction for things outside of ourselves and answers outside of ourselves and i feel like uh not just in 2020 but there's been a common theme throughout my life of accepting that all the answers are already within me because all the answers are already within you and you know they look different for us and they're going to come out differently for us but um you know that doesn't mean that your truths are any less important than my truths and so you know all my music is just sharing my my truths and my experiences and my perspectives of be, what it means to be alone and what it means to grieve or to have a panic attack and like 
Um, music can just take something that's so, so hard to explain in words. And when you put it with a melody, suddenly it just comes to life. And, you know, I think they say like, uh, was it music is what feelings sound like. <laughs> this song that was a comfort to you during a time of, um, can I say like, of like kind of a certain crisis in a way that in turn, when that song was a comfort and then you finished writing it, that now it's just this very, I don't know, very empowering and very like... Yeah, it's like a empowerment anthem now. When you originally mentioned that this was that that that's where the roots came from, in a certain way, I can visualize it. But I'm also like, it's it's almost shocking because it doesn't it doesn't feel that way. It turns it on its head, and I think that that's amazing because you've got like the the piano part through this is very like staccato and and kind of like you know it's very very assertive, and then your your vocals are. If I say dragging, that's not right the word, but it's just like you kind of, you just kind of saunter in with your lyrics and and it's like this, I don't know, it's kind of like, well, whatever, I've got this and it's just me and, you know, whatever. I mean, it's almost, you almost are like teasing yourself backwards, like, right? Like, you're just like, you know, it's, I've got me, What I don't need anything else, whatever, Nana you know, whatever you want to say. But I don't know, that's that's what I'm hearing now as I'm thinking about that song. I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think it wasn't really intentional. It kind of just, like, happened that way. It was really... Because some of the songs I write are verse first and then chorus. Um, I think most of my songs are hook first, so the chorus. And um, this one was definitely the chorus first because, you know, it's the the core message. I won't be lonely. And I was repeating that and and then it expanded to I got me, myself and I. And then I was looking at this and I'm like, okay, how do I explain somebody how I got here? And so I talk um, and I don't know, the melody just kind of went with it and trying to think about the words about telling that story and it's like there's so many people talking about how they give their love away to that special someone and I'm not saying there's something wrong with that I'm saying what about you and it's just like turning that mirror back on ourselves and like you know we we give out all of this love and affection and we want it from other people and we're always just like oh love me love me it's like well have you tried loving yourself you know, and that's that's a really, really hard thing to do because we grow up in a society where they teach us that love comes from other people and not from within. And it teaches that this is something outside of ourselves that we have to seek and that we have to, like, long for and yearn for and, like, constantly seek attention and validation for, you know. And it's like, no, we have to validate ourselves first and then we can go off and be with somebody i've found that a lot of my relationships where that person wasn't able to self-validate they didn't work out you know because they couldn't even accept that their reality was their reality because they would question their reality and then they would like project it onto me as to why they were questioning their reality and it was very confusing and i dated I dated many men like that. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's a learning process. And I'll never forget my friend told me like 90% of relationships never work out anyway. So it's about the process of learning what works and what doesn't. And if anything in relationships, I, the biggest thing I've learned is 
not in relationships is a relationship with myself and how to love myself and that's most important than being how to be in a relationship with somebody else because you can show up and if you're expecting and looking for that love outside of you you're never really going to be happy I mean, I guess I didn't realize that all of these songs were were ones that you'd been working on before and that you I thought some of these were more recent songs that you'd written, you know, other than me, myself and I. But the the thing is, is at least for me, when I just listened to Shine, I thought, did this song in fleshing it out in this way and rearranging it or, or having it recorded in this way and the sound that's generated, did it? change the the meaning to you or did did you understand it in a new way these were all songs you were familiar with but how how did they grow and change for you in this process so i'm i I just made it super broad no that's a fabulous question and and a lot a deep 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 question (laughs) so i'll just start with shine one uh critique that i got about shine and this kind of, I feel like I just have a natural knack for these kind of songs, um, was that it was really slow. And I was like, is that a bad thing? You know, like, I just, that's how it was written. It's the type of song that can work slow or fast. You know, my friends, Becca and Corey, um, who were playing with me when I first wrote it, um, they loved it. And, you know, we always wanted to perform it. And then I think some other outside forces were like, oh, we needed to play this faster you know if we're gonna like perform it live and I was kind of struggling with it because like I'm I've always loved the ballads and like that's kind of where my strong suit lies and I think it was a bit kind of like going outside of my comfort zone but in a way that I know is going to be good for me it was very similar with what could love do because when I recorded it at um for the for the recording class at Parkland um that was really my first venture into doing that level of like multiple instruments and there's just all this thing, stuff going on. I took a few recording classes in college and uh, but they were just no, they weren't as involved as that one and it was more just like we're um, composing did electronically. So this was just like a, very, a whole new learning like learning experiences all over um from like working with people um consistency you know finding musicians to uh commit was a huge one and this this it's part of the reason why i struggle with even thinking about wanting you know my own band because it's it's so hard to get people to commit and truly see the vision and people who are on the same page creatively so it's like i got to have that without without the hassle of like you know being in a band but at the same time I had to deal with like the separateness of you know recording each one layer at the time and then my engineer had to deal with the separateness of like these were all recorded at different times with different people not in the same room having to react to a recording and not a person is really really hard some of these other songs though because on your mind I've never never recorded before and me myself and I so it was it, that was more a process of like composing as I was doing the recording process because I only would play it as a piano solo I've most of these songs until you know Parkland doing shine and what could love most of these songs I've only ever played solo with me and 
piano so i'm used to having to fill in for the bass fill in for the this and like i'm it's still a struggle for me to play and sing so a lot of times if i'm singing my playing is very simple because like if i start focusing too much on like jazzing it up and having fun on on piano then my my pitch starts to go and then like like I'll be the first to tell tell you like my pitch isn't that great and like if you watch my virtual show you could see it but I'm just like I don't care anymore that's like I you know I'll, I practice my skills and whatnot but like I'm not I'm I'm not I'm only human and I've kind of learned to not learned but um to kind of let the criticism roll off my shoulders because I'm just like there's always going to be people out there being like I don't like your voice or you're pitchy and I just laugh at it because I'm like yeah you're right I am I am a little pitchy sometimes but like I still enjoy it I have fun and people perceive my passion if there's no passion behind it you know it, are you just it's just robotic and like you know there's all on the spectrum but like look at Bob Dylan you know he didn't have great pitch and like he was amazing and a lot of people said like Janis Joplin like all the people she grew up with said they didn't like her and they she shunned her and then she went out and you know blew up and like the pattern that I've noticed that keeps me going is not just the feedback I get um which really that's a huge part of it but just like the encouragement that like what I'm doing is bringing somebody joy that process of exchanging energy like brings me so much joy and fulfillment and even if i kind of struggle like i'm some people might not know about this about me but i'm mostly an introvert like i'm i'm like 45 percent extrovert and i can kind of turn it on and off sometimes but i really really prefer to be alone doing music as a career has always been kind of like <laughs> this uh internal struggle between loving this the the spotlight but then needing to be alone and recharge as soon as i'm done and so i'm and, you know every year i learn more about my boundaries what i'm comfortable with and everything and i feel like doing this album i've really grown a lot come come out of my comfort zone um i've grown into who i am as a musician and and I, it's just going to keep growing of course but like that whole getting getting okay with the fact that sometimes my voice is a little pitchy um and being comfortable this album i don't know i really gave up a lot of control to let the musicians do their own thing and i'm so glad i did because i see and my, my my engineer you know and eric and i we talked about this a lot because you can hang on to perfection of it needs to be like this it needs to sound like this it needs to be like this and you're gonna like end up shooting yourself in the foot because you know something is gonna happen along the way where it's like it's not exactly right and then oh there goes the whole project and you know so eric he was really good at giving me a reality check whenever i got like a little too oh i wanted this but then i didn't this and and he was like just do this and i'm like oh you're and he kind of brought me back down to earth and reminded me like don't overthink it it doesn't have to be perfect just get it out and you know do better on the next time you know because this is just the first album and it's like oh you're so right and would you would you say that you know that this 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 whole album is just kind of different vantage points of different relationships and then kind of in a way how you end up kind of feeling about yourself I mean, I guess that if you're going to cap it as as kind of a direction, like it seems like it's just in in the end, it's almost like um, like the fairy tale where it's just like 
And then the person realized that it was all inside themselves. Like it was, you know, I, I, I get that feeling that with the, with the end, you know. I'm still discovering things about this album as a whole because it, it, it just released. And so I'm like taking a step back and looking at the album as a whole because now everybody else is interpreting it in their way. And so now I'm like getting a glimpse of like what other people see and it's making me realize, oh my gosh, you are right. There's this overall theme that like, yes, I had the album called What Would Love Do? But like it was made, I don't know, it was kind of not to say not a lot of thought because like, you know, thought was put into it, but it was kind of, again, more just like an organic thing. And then as I'm looking at all these other details, I'm like, oh, wait, there really is all these themes about like relationships and love. And like, at the end of the journey, she realizes the answer was within her the whole time. And um, you're absolutely right. Because like, again, when I picked these four songs, I wasn't even thinking about the lyrical content. I was strictly thinking about composition and the overall feel that's kind of like why i picked these four songs not it wasn't even about the lyrical content at first and which is interesting that you said that because i'm like oh my gosh you're right like (laughs) you know what would love do is about being open to accepting new opportunities not just with relationships and then on your mind on the surface seems about relationship like oh baby i just want to be on your mind but it's also kind of about like awareness and presence and being in the moment and then you have me myself and i which is that self-empowerment all that everything i need is with already within me and then shine is just about letting your light shine right and being yourself and it's funny that you said me myself and i before shine but i was also like you know, you could make the argument that you put shine as third because, yes, you want to let your light shine, but with me, myself, and I, you actually get to see the light that you reflect back on yourself. My engineer and I went round and round with the song order because the songs work in any, almost any order, really. You know, not to say one is my favorite over the other songs, but I really like What Could Love Do? And then I ended up kind of naming the album after it, so it felt right to put that at the beginning. And then I wanted it to kind of like, you know, chill out. And then we have an upbeat one and then we end strong. Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Talking about your EP, uh, WWLD. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Kelsey Sharp from episode six, reminding you to check out my newest album, WWLD or What Would Love Do, out now on all major platforms because great music is out there. So go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good.
I go solo <laughs> in my best like uh, Siri voice, um, which was meant to be a note for the engineer, but then it was funny and it was like an inside joke, and then we ended up leaving it in there. 